Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed. It's a Monday morning, and I'm Kristen Smith, along with... Jill Welke. Good morning to everyone out there. And oh, wasn't it a beautiful weekend? It was a beautiful weekend. Boy, stuff dried out at my oh. house and the cattle are looking happy. Yeah. So what else did you do? Did you get a lot of outdoor time with the cattle? Oh yeah. We're checked out. We've got we're up to seventeen babies, so we're adding on. And I had to feed them yesterday, you know, they kinda get that little crank in them if they don't mm-hmm. get fed when they think they should. Well that's any person or living thing they get kind of hangry as we like to call it nowadays yep. but no stuff is looking good it's nice that stuff is drying out i know we're gonna get some rain but that should draw the last of that frost out of the ground oh. and that'll be a good thing and that's coming this week we have rain coming you know and it's funny i was so well my son told me a few weeks ago my car looked sad you know his <laughs> exact words mom your car looks sad so I vacuumed it out on saturday it looks a little happier now but i want to like hand wash the outside but with the weather forecast, it doesn't. It didn't pay. I'm like, nope, because today we've got a chance of rain. It rained on our way in this morning. We've got sh- showers later on today, rain tomorrow, rain, snow tomorrow night, and more of that garbage on Wednesday. Yeah, but you know, I saw some ro- robins. I said, okay, I mm-hmm. saw two robins. Does that count for seeing two sightings? <laughs> well, I think it, what was the old saying? It, the snowfall has to hit the robin's tail three times, and then it's spring. Right, but if there's two or three robins out there and the snow falls on them once, can't we count that? I don't think so. Damn. I know. I, I don't make the rules. I'm just saying what I've heard in the past. Well, you know, I'm trying to get get <laughs> get through this somehow, you know. But it was a gorgeous, gorgeous weekend. A lot of outdoor time for my family and for Jill taking care of her babies out there. It was just a beautiful weekend. But, hey, we can't complain. Right now we're at 46 degrees in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area. And we've got a lot of stuff to cover today. We're going to be talking about a letter that was sent to President Joe Biden, the DNR and turkey harvest authorization tags, and my personal favorite, Yellowstone, the movie on Paramount Network and Paramount Plus. Oh, yeah, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It is a beautiful morning so far. We got a little bit of rain out there. And with a little bit of rain and spring fever, guess what that means? The deer are moving. I had a deer count of nine today, which doesn't sound like a bad thing, but they were not located where they usually are. So it was definitely a morning to be on your toes and... Yeah, so be aware the deer are moving, and yeah, no fawns yet, so that's a good thing, but keep an eye out there. Right now, we're going to hear a little Garth Brooks and a little Blake Shelton on wax. It is a nice morning so far, just a little bit of sprinkles and some rain. We're looking at 46 degrees right now, looking at a high of 57. And it is 5 o'clock on 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's check in this morning with some news. 
NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The UN Refugee Agency says 10 million people have fled their homes in Ukraine since the Russian invasion began last month. That's around a fourth of the country's population. The number includes people that are currently displaced within Ukraine and those who have fled the country altogether. Around 90% of those who have left their homes are women and children, as men aged 18 to 60 are ordered to remain for possible conscription. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is confident that Ukraine can win against Russian forces. And the way they win is for us to get these defensive weapon systems to them as rapidly as possible. Appearing on CBS Face the Nation, the Kentucky Republican said with a change in attitude on behalf of the U.S., Russian President Vladimir Putin's military would lose. He also urged President Biden to visit Romania, Poland, and the Baltics to let those countries know they had full U.S. support. Ukrainian President Zelensky is asking Israel for its Iron Dome missile defense system. Zelensky addressed Israeli lawmakers Sunday by video and chastised them for not doing enough to help Ukraine against the ongoing Russian invasion. He compared the attacks on Ukraine to the Holocaust, something that reportedly offended some Israeli lawmakers. U.S. officials say the four Marines who died when their aircraft crashed in Norway were based out of North Carolina. Scott Carr reports. The helicopter went down in what Norwegian police describe as extreme winter weather in an area southwest of Oslo. They were based out of Marine Corps Air Station New River in Jacksonville, North Carolina. They had been participating in the so-called cold response training mission, which began earlier in the week. The annual NATO drills are unrelated to the war in Ukraine this year, including around 30,000 troops from 27 countries. I'm Scott Carr. And Justice Clarence Thomas is hospitalized with flu-like symptoms. The Supreme Court issued a release saying he was admitted to a D.C. area hospital on Friday evening. He has an infection and is being treated with antibiotics. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. And thank you so much for that news report this morning at 5 o'clock. And you know, we're going to talk a little bit more news this morning. And Jill, why don't you tell us about the Mississippi River? You know, what's going on down there and how rates are increasing? U.S. barge Freight rates have skyrocketed rocketed for both immediate spot demand and April freight demand have surged, according to the USDA. Over the past three weeks, dry bulk barge rates on the Mississippi River at St. Louis jumped from $18.80 to $34.75 per ton. One of the reasons for the increase in, is demand with higher corn and soybean exports shipped down the Mississippi River. There is also increased demand for barges to haul coal to replace Russian natural gas and crude oil. Higher water levels on the river have reduced the amount of barge capacity on the Mississippi River by 15%. Wow, and I wonder how that's going to affect us up here, you know, because we're Mankato, Winona area. That's kind of our access to the Mississippi there. Yeah, I wonder how much that's going to flow up the river and flow mm-hmm. down the river and see what happens. Yeah. And the DNR will soon begin selling 2022 bonus turkey harvest authorizations today with a designated sale date for each zone. Previously known as leftover permits, bonus harvest authorizations are available for purchase through the DNR's online license portal beginning at 10 a.m. this morning. Hunters who want additional harvest authorizations or who missed the spring turkey drawing deadline last December can purchase bonus authorizations at a cost of $10 for residents and $15 for non-residents. In total, about 100,000 bonus turkey harvest authorizations are available across turkey zones 1 through 5 and zone 7 for the 2022 spring season. 100,000 
turkey tags. Well, that's a lot of turkeys, but I've been, <laughs> I actually have been noticing them. They're crossing the roller an awful yeah. lot. And I try to look and watch and look and watch. And okay, there's three. Oh, there's three more. Oh, hitting there? one of those is just about like hitting a deer. Oh, gosh. But, you know, I- I've had wild turkey and I've had, I hate to say domestic turkey, but, you know, like Thanksgiving turkey. I do like the Thanksgiving turkey better than wild. There's just a more, I, I don't know, there's a gamey flavor to that wild turkey. And then you got the bird shot in there and, oh, I can't do it. Well, I like the fact that I can go out to the pen and grab that wild, <laughs> grab that domesticated turkey, and I don't have to work so hard and go and shoot the thing and then pick out the little pellets. <laughs> I know. It's well, much more efficient. Yeah. Well, hey, Mom, what are we having for supper? Fred. <laughs> I mean, I just, <laughs> yeah, I can't do it, but. Yeah, but it's interesting, though. That many turkey tags are still available, but Zone 6 is not on there, so that means they must have sold out in December, so. Yeah, some interesting news on a Monday morning at 5.05. We've got weather, news, markets, and a whole lot more coming up next on Wax. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And taking a look at your weather this morning and your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Marquart Motors. Your Marquart Motors service department is open for your 5,000-mile scheduled maintenance visit with a complimentary tire rotation, vehicle health check, and car wash. Schedule yours at markcourtmotors.com. And looking at the weather this morning, we've got 39 degrees up in Medford. La Crosse is at 47. That's a nice place this morning. Marshfield's at 40. Green Bay at 35. Rice Lake is at 44 degrees. Wausau's at 36. Down in Madison, they're at 43. Milwaukee, a little cool this morning. I think they got a rain frontage coming through there. They're at 35 degrees. And today looks like a partly cloudy day with a little bit of rain, looking at a high of 57. Tonight, we've got some showers going on with a low of 40. Tomorrow, a rainy day with a high of 44. Tomorrow night, that rain and snow mixture coming in. We've got a high of 35. Then Wednesday, that rain and snow. And Wednesday night, some snow showers looking at 31 degrees. But right now, we're at 46 degrees in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area. And we've got markets coming up next. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to take a look at our morning markets. And Jill, lead us off this morning. Choice fed beef steers are 127 to 142 with mixed at 90 to 126. Choice fed beef heifers are 127 to 139 with mixed at 96 to 126. Choice fed Holstein steers are 118 to 132 with selects at 50 to 117. Cows are coming in at 70 to 105. Bulls are 72 to 109. Butcher hogs are 67 to 90. Sows are 66 to 72 and a half. Boars are 27 to 29 and a half. New crop market lambs are 145 to 190. Old crop market lambs are 110 to 165. And feeder lambs are coming in at 170 to 340. And looking at the mercantile exchange, we've got live cattle for April at 140.50. That's one up a dollar or two. 
June is at 137.07, up $1.15. August is at 137.60, up 95 cents. Feeder cattle for March is at $157, that's up 45. April's at 162.32, up $1.22. May is at 167.45, up $1.57. Lean hogs for April's at 99.40, that's down 95 cents. May is at 107.10, down 90. And June is at 116.07, down 90 cents. And on the Chicago Board of Trade, we've got your July corn up a dime at 722. July oats down a penny at 653. July soybeans, another big day, up 22 cents to 1668. July soybean meal is up 270 at 470 a ton. July wheat was up 14 at 1058. Looking at the dairy side, barrel cheese up four and a half cent to 203. Blocks are up five and a quarter at 213. Your double A grade butter is up two and a half at 272 and a half. And your class three futures for March are up two at 2241. April up 20 cents to 2343. May up 32 at 2407. June is up 24 at 2419. July is up 19 cents at 2419. And the mar- markets were mostly upward into 2023. So a good day on Friday for the markets and overnight. So, yeah, some good news this morning. Right now we've got a little bit of Joe Nichols size matters. If you really like Joe Nichols, show up July 13th at Farm Tech Fest. It's the newest addition to Farm Technology Days in Loyal, Wisconsin. And that's Joe Nichols with Size Matters coming to Loyal, Wisconsin, July 13th. It'll be an exciting time. Hopefully the weather holds off. We don't need any rain or snow. Gosh, in July, that would be bad. <laughs> well, Jill, catch us up on some more ag news this morning. According to Wisconsin Ag Connection, more than 1,000 farmers working with the ethanol industry and other biofuel supporters sent a clear message to President Biden last week. The solution to record high gas prices is to immediately allow broader use of lower-cost ethanol blends like E15. The letter, signed by farmers and biofuel supporters from 30 states, specifically urged President Biden to take emergency action to allow the uninterrupted sale of E15 through the upcoming summer. The letter was delivered to the White House last week. Which, I mean, gas prices are getting up there. Actually, I noticed they actually went down. You Did know, they? they jump up so quickly, <laughs> and it seems like it takes so long for them to come back down. Yeah, and see, I haven't filled up. Well, I, I didn't drive around that much this last week. So, I mean, I was out and about, but yet not crazy. So, I haven't filled up yet, and I'm like, ooh. Well, when Bob and I went down to Wisconsin Dells, we noticed that they were awfully high up there, down yeah. there compared to up here. Hmm. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Keep but, everyone up to date on those gas prices. Yeah. Are you going to buy everyone a tank of gas that calls in today? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> oh, come I think, on. I think my uh, prize money is gone, so oh, I don't okay. think I can do that for you. Well, speaking of something interesting, now, I mentioned earlier about Yellowstone. I am a huge fan of this series. Now, if you're a fan of Kevin Costner and you're a fan of Yellowstone, then this is perfect. The Four Sixes Ranch that is featured in the series Yellowstone has been sold. It's located in Guthrie, Texas, and it's 266,000 acres that spans across four counties and has now been sold. However, no buyer or price was available yet, but the original listing price was at $341 million. The fun fact about it was the ranch was started in 1870 by Samuel Burnett, and legend has it that the ranch ca- the ranch name came from a winning poker hand that got him the ranch. 
A representative of the new owner said that they are committed to keeping the brand and operations intact and preserving the legacy of the ranch. I mean, 266,000 acres. I, I, I can't even you, fathom that. You can't see from one side to the other, that's for sure. Oh, but Kevin Costner and his, like, I call him his henchman, Rip. Oh, every woman who's listening is like, oh, yeah. And every man's probably like, oh, yeah, he's he's the man. He's a stud. Well, they, you know, they they do what they need to do out there on the ranches. And oh, man. Portrayed very well in the Yellowstone. Yeah, it's, I really get into it. A lot of people do. Now they got that spinoff, 1883. And yeah, it's. I don't know. It's just interesting to kind of hear it, see it, and that actually that the ranches exist is even better. I think it's cool that the ranches exist, and it's kind of a real true, kind of a real true story. I do realize that stuff is fabricated some, but yeah, we talked about uh, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill being on some of. That's the spinoff of Yellowstone, mm-hmm. right? Yep, is eighteen eighty three. Yep, and we so. talked about that last week a little bit. Yeah, so now you just got to get on to Paramount Network and. Get on that, Jill. I'm waiting for you. <laughs> uh, Kristen, Kristen's given me all the ins and outs of this, so oh, we'll have to see if we can squeeze in some of these. Oh, it's so good. Well, hey, and speaking of so good, we are going to be talking about chocolate farming, another woman's favorite thing in the world. That's coming up next. Bob had a chance to talk with some chocolate farmers out in Hawaii, so we'll be hearing about that coming up on Wax. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hey, I sure hope that you'll follow Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. I'm going to be posting all kinds of pictures from our Hawaii farm tour. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee checking in one more time as we get ready for our Four Island event. Bob Bosold, you've already been there. I almost hate to hear the story you're going to bring us this morning. I want to experience myself chocolate farming now that sounds like an industry i could get behind i think you could and aloha you little wahini <laughs> as you had for hawaii bob Osol here at the northern end of the world's longest barn and on your first stop on the island of oahu you're going to get to the windward or the rainy side of the island where a lot of agriculture is taking place some things that are new even to hawaii chocolate farming cacao We had a chance to visit the 21-degree estate farm of uh, Mike and Maria Rogers. They're both military retirees after having spent 20-plus years in the military. They decided to stay in Hawaii and start farming by growing a very unique crop. As we said, Mike told us, it's chocolate or cacao. We decided to grow a cacao farm cacao to make chocolates that was our decision now it's happening on hawaii more and more but it does better in certain areas how did you pick the area and this area of kahalu why is it so well adapted to growing cacao well, you know, in some ways, I'd say that the area picked us. And when we were looking for land in Hawaii or Oahu, our, our islands, uh, there wasn't a lot to choose from. We ultimately found ourselves here in Kahalu, which magically is an ideal climate for cacao because it is a natural rainforest of Oahu, where in a typical year we'll get 100 inches of rain. It's truly, I think, a magical place. And frankly, I think everything grows here. It's really, it it is magical. Well, tell us about cacao, because, you know, most of us listening to you think, well, why doesn't he say cocoa? But it is, cacao is 
the start of it all. Yeah, and, and, and I would say somewhat interchangeable. We, we typically use the word cacao really to describe the, the product starting with the tree through the harvesting and then the post-harvest, which consists of fermenting and drying. And frankly, when it now it's the, the dry cocoa bean, typically now we'll change in using the word cocoa from, from the dry bean and in through the chocolate making. That's kind of uh, somewhat interchangeable, although we, we typically will use the cacao prior to the, the drying and, and cocoa after the drying. Take us through the, the life cycle, the process of these trees. Where, where do you get them? What kind of uh, care do they take as far as fertilization, as far as uh, you know, trimming like a Christmas tree? Do you trim them and things like that? I, I would say uh, you typically find them at, at, at uh, nurseries in Hawaii that specifically are growing cacao trees. And these trees, in Hawaii, it's a relatively new industry of only about 20 years. And there were key people in the in the cacao industry who, who literally traveled the world, bring in what they thought would be the best, would grow the best. It's the highest flavor quality trees back to Hawaii. That's, this is what I have grown in Hawaii. I have a, nearly 700 trees. They will begin to produce fruit from seedling to the very first, probably in about two years, maybe three years, is uh, maybe two in the beginning, three is more the norm. A life cycle, a, a, a life of lifespan of about uh, 20 to 25 years. I want to keep them uh, relatively compact, oh, maybe uh, you know, 15 feet wide and maybe 12 feet tall with the idea that I want all the fruit to be growing within the reach of my arms and within the reach of my clipper on harvest day. What's interesting about cacao, it is basically producing fruit year-round, and we are deliberately harvesting for 10 months out of the year. And during that 10 months, we're harvesting every three weeks. We're walking through every single tree every three weeks. In the summer months, when the the production of the cacao kind of diminishes... For a couple months of the year, my goal is to walk through every single tree and prune it down to this compact size and really focus all the energy right in, right in the, the very you know, middle of the tree. And I really deliberately do not want them to get big and out of control and, and frankly, unmanageable. So uh, I, I would say here in, in this wonderful natural irrigation, wonderful, incredibly fertile soil, I like to say that they grow themselves. And well, so what do you do you have to do as far as, do you do any fertilization? And what kind of uh, nutrients do these trees like and need? And obviously, as we look at them, they're getting it. You know, it, it's, it's they're almost growing themselves. I may do a little fertilizing. My goal is to give give them like a, like a triple 16, something very basic, quarterly. But frankly, I don't keep to that schedule. Uh, the, the soil was well suited right from the very beginning with a pH of about oh six and a half or seven. In the world of sustainability, I think they're very sustainable and, and really uh, thriving well in the existing soil of this great uh, terroir and, and location. And uh, here at your 10-acre operation called 21 Degrees Estate here in Kahalu, take us through the process of, of the harvest to produce the kind of chocolate that is some of the best in the world. What makes it that? Well, I think there's a a few things that that truly do make it the best in the world. First is the selection of trees from the very beginning. 
Second, I think it's the, the terroir and the environment and the climate of Hawaii in general. But for me, this area, Kahalu in particular. The third is, uh, I would say, the post-harvest technique. The fermenting and the drying, which is the post-harvest, and it's really a critical, probably the most critical piece in the chocolate-making piece of this, is the post-harvest. Number one, the fermenting, and the second is the drying. Then I think the fourth critical part of of the journey is the actual chocolate maker. Uh, That's not you. No, it is not, because I recognize that chocolate making is a skill and an art and a technique and an investment in equipment that uh, that I would prefer having true experts and award-winning chocolate makers advice. Which me. you do have here in Hawaii. You have these that's chocolate it. makers here. That's, ex- that's exactly correct. We, we work with two particular chocolate makers, Madre Chocolate and Manoa Chocolate. We work exclusively with them, and they're both really... Uh, remarkable, award-winning, excellent chocolate makers. And you have won awards for the best cacao or the best chocolate at some of these competitions. Tell us about this and, and what you're doing with your own products because uh, they are delicious. Well, we actually have not won any chocolate awards. They, they typically you give them to the chocolate maker. But I I can think of at least one occasion we have provided at least some of the cacao that went into a chocolate maker that he has made. And that was in the early years. Uh, Predominantly now all of our cacao that we are growing will go to the chocolate maker. We will hire him to make chocolate that we bring back to the farm and have available for our own guests here at the farm. I will say, however, that we have a whole honey operation. And, in fact, we have won awards with with uh, with the honey, uh, specifically Good Food Awards uh, based out of San Francisco. We were one of the winners in the, the honey category. So I was really very excited and happy about that. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. They're talking about chocolate and then honey. I just think it was a really sweet story this morning. I agree. <laughs> I'm thinking it was really popular with, uh, you know, those chocolate lovers out oh, there. Oh, definitely. And Jill, if they want to hear more about chocolate farming in Hawaii, where should they go and check the story out? Go on to the WAX website and go to Midwest Family or Midwest Farm Report. I put it up on the interviews tab. Perfect. So that's where you need to go. It's our podcast that'll be uploaded later this morning about 7, 730. We'll have it ready to go. So take a listen. But it is a busy morning. We're pushing that 530 hour this morning, and we've got Rocky Olson at Premier coming in next. But this morning's markets, again, are going to be brought to you by... Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean is excited to welcome spring and all the opportunity it brings. And as you think about what you're planting in your fields, Chippewa Valley Bean wants you to consider growing a crop of kidney beans. Kidney beans are a great addition to your rotation and bring great value back to your farm. If you're looking for new opportunities for your farm, give their agronomist Ben a call at 715-556-1930. That's 715-556-1930. Or visit them at cvbean.com. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to check in with our morning markets this morning. Let's head over to Rocky Olson up at Premier. Good morning, Rocky. Good morning. So you got any rain going on up there, just a little bit of sprinkle, or did it already go through? 
No, it looks uh, looks a little wet out there, so I'm not sure how much we got, but I don't think it was too bad. Okay, well, that's good. Well, catch us up. You've got a busy week coming up. You've got sales all over this week, so tell me what's going on. Uh, thank you, Kristen. Good morning, everyone. This is how last week's markets uh, shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We did sell uh, 30, <clears throat> 3,100 head of livestock. Fed cattle sold steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers 118 to 133. Selects a dollar five to a dollar seventeen. Uh, choice Holstein steer choice. Beef steers and heifers, 125 to 135. Market cows high yielding from 73 to 86. We did top the week up to 91. Most market cows, 63 to 72. Market bulls high yielding from 90 to $1.15. Lower yielding and lightweight, 89 and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday. Uh, most of the cows traded from 75 to $1.04. Bulls up to $1.15. Newborn Holstein bull calves, uh, mostly from 100 to 210 per head. Beef calves 125 to 400, Holstein heifer calves 10 to 40. Uh, feeder cattle auction uh, this last week here we sold right at 800 head of feeder cattle. Good demand. Um, new crop beef calves mostly 130 to 185. Yearlings mostly 125 to 160. Uh, bred beef cows we sold 140 of them mostly from 11 to 1500. Uh, two dairy cattle auctions coming up this week. Um, we're going to have our special dairy heifer auction coming up on Tuesday. We're going to be expecting 500 head of dairy heifers. And then Wednesday, we got two complete herd dispersals, uh, both those being tie stall herds uh, that are free stall adapted. We also have uh, lots of cows in those herds from 90 to 135 pounds. Uh, then we have over 75 springing heifers, including a load of Jersey, Swiss, and Crosses. Uh, guys, if you're... Uh, Looking for some fancy breeding bulls, we have 14 deep pedigreed registered Holstein breeding bulls from Sandy Valley registered uh, Holsteins, and that catalog is on our website. Uh, reminder, uh, no hay auction this week due to the machinery auction. Uh, we will be starting at 9 o'clock a.m. with offline items, 9.30 with online items. Uh, We've got a very, very large auction. If you all want to bring an auction buddy with you to cover all the rings, uh, we do have over eight. 80 tractors and skid loaders for this auction. Lots and lots of lots for this sale. Online bidding will be through equipmentfacts.com. Any questions at all, uh, give us a call anytime, 715-229-2500. Also, lots more detailed information on markets and upcoming sales on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. And that's how it shaped up, Kristen. Excellent. Well, you've got a busy week, so I'll let you go, and we will catch you again this week. All right, thank you very much. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock. He's got a busy week coming up. And we've got our weather coming in. We've got our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike D'Andrea, with us this morning. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Kristen. How are we doing? I'm doing good. How'd you like that little rain shower this morning? <laughs> well, when I go out on the patio, I started singing that Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you should get an umbrella. Yeah, I should probably invest in one of those, shouldn't I? You don't, you're a weatherman and don't have an umbrella? I have one in my car, but I didn't feel like going to get it. <laughs> wow, Monday morning, and I can already see it happening. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it, is the <laughs> fact that it is Monday. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs>
Well, catch us up. We've got rain and some white stuff coming this week, huh? Yes, so uh, it's going to be a pretty active start to the week, especially. Now, today, not quite as much of a chance. We'll have some uh, scattered sprinkles here and there, uh, otherwise mostly cloudy, with even some peaks of sunshine as we do warm it up into the upper 50s and potentially low 60s in the Chippewa Valley. But later tonight and into the early hours of tomorrow morning, that's where we're going to start expecting more of that rain Lows only getting to the low 40s, so that's right about uh, where just a few degrees below where our seasonal highs should be for this time of year, but not warming up too much tomorrow. We'll have those uh, showers really lasting throughout uh, most of the day, maybe just a couple breaks here and there, but only warming up into about the mid 40s. That rain carries on into Tuesday night when we do have our lows dipping to around the upper 30s. Now, by the time this is all said and done, we may get about a half to even three quarters of an inch of rain, and that rain continues into Wednesday day as well when some wet snowflakes may try to work its way into the mix especially going into wednesday night when things start to taper off by then in our highs on thursday getting into the low to mid 40s as things again quiet down sunshine does look to return on friday warming back up into the upper 40s right now we are in the upper 40s as well currently 49 degrees with a few sprinkles out there in eau claire i'm sky 113 meteorologist mike dandria so what is the old saying? Something about it has to snow on the robin's tail three times and then it's officially spring? Has that happened yet? Well, it depends on when the robins showed up. I still have not seen one, but I've had some people tell me that they have seen robins already. So I guess this might be the first, second, or maybe the third one on their tails. I guess, you know, I, I don't know what, like when they actually first started coming back, but I have heard some people say they've been here all winter and we've had more than three snows, so I don't know. I don't know, because I, I saw them already last weekend, and they were already here during last week, you know, prior to that. So, hmm. yeah, but I was just kind of seeing, like, what what's your, you know, take on it? Are we in spring, or are we going to get more stuff? Well, I mean, we are getting a chance of some wet <laughs> snow, so I'll, I'll say that much. But, uh, you know, climate models are still a little all over the place right now. <laughs> well, I expect a better report next week. I will certainly try. <laughs> all right, Mike, thanks so much. Thank you. There he goes. That's Mike Dandry, our Skywarn 13 meteorologist this morning. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Mark Court Motors. Mark Court Motors is looking to hire an automotive parts specialist. They offer a competitive salary with a generous benefits package. Apply in person, online, or at markcourtmotors.com. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's that time of the morning. We're about 20 minutes to 6 o'clock, and we've got to check in with our morning news. And Morgan McCarthy joins us now. Good morning, Morgan. Catch us up. What's going on in the news today? Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We'll plug back into a new week and coming out of a weekend that saw action in Barron County. Sheriff's deputy and another person now recovering after falling through the ice on Prairie Lake. This was early Saturday morning when the Sheriff's Department first received a call of a snowmobiler who had gone through the ice near Wolfston Tavern and Resort just after midnight. Deputies went out to the ice to rescue the man. The ice broke and one deputy went into the water and stayed with the victim until other rescue teams arrived to pull them out. The deputy was treated and released from a local hospital. The snowmobiler hospital with injuries. It was stop strips down as we move forward into Monroe County. 48-year-old Chad Weaver now faces multiple charges, including a sixth OWI after fleeing from police twice Saturday night. That's according to reports that police first tried to stop him in La Crosse County, but he fled and got away. And then as he entered into Monroe County, again, officers tried to pull him over, but he continued to flee. Speeds as high as 110 miles per hour there. Finally, stop strips were deployed. Weaver came to a stop in the village of Leon. That's where he was arrested. And we go to the scrubs where a new 
report from Wisconsin Hospital Association shows unprecedented vacancy rates in healthcare professions. And Zank with WHA notes the pandemic played a role as many older workers chose to retire. But COVID-19 has helped us also see more clearly the benefits of teams and technology and how we can cope with healthcare demand with a workforce that can't grow fast enough. Still, the WHA's latest healthcare workers report found an increase in vacancies in 13 of 17 professions it tracked with registered nurse vacancies the highest that they've been since 2005. And if you uh, watch Big Red, then you know that the Wisconsin Badger season is over after falling to Iowa State in the NCAA tourney on Sunday. Hopefully that doesn't muss your brackets up too much. And stack those pancakes high. Officially maple syrup season in Wisconsin. You probably noticed those bags on trees, and that included tapping into an event with Governor Tony Evers noting that 2022's Wisconsin Maple Month is underway. It's a month-long event, typically runs from March 15th to April 15th every year. And in case you didn't know where we sat on that list, Wisconsin is the fourth pancake in the pile of maple syrup-producing states in the country. And you're on tap for more farm news with Kristen, Jill, in the Midwest Farm Show, and then right after six, well... We cut into the big stack of trouble that is Alex Edwards in the Wax Morning Show right here. Live, local, and along with you on Wax, 104.5. You know, today was kind of the sweet story. You know, Morgan's talking about pancakes, and we heard about chocolate and honey and Yellowstone. I mean, it's just a sweet morning. You're here. Exactly. I'm here, and that's what makes it the sweetest. (laughs) (laughs) You bet. Wow, I'm so full of it today. It's going to be awesome. All right. Well, hey, we got to keep moving along here. We've got our morning markets. We're going to head over to the Equity. Uh, it'll be the Equity Altoona Barn and check in with Jim Lindsay. Jim, catch us up. How was the sale? Choice beef steers and heifers dollar fifteen to a dollar thirty six. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers dollar ten to a dollar thirty six. Yielding choice and prime Holstein steers dollar twenty to a dollar thirty three. Choice Holstein steers dollar ten to a dollar nineteen. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers dollar nine and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from seventy seven to eighty five. We topped at ninety six on a high yielding limousine cow. Sixty percent of the cows sold from sixty one to seventy six. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from sixty and down. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to $170 per head. Light and pork quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $235 per head. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, March 18th, starting at noon. We are expecting 350 to 400 head for that sale. We'll have around 15 bred beef cows as well. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to an upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Thanks, Jim. You too. And now, since we're at the Equity Barns, we're going to head over to the Equity Stratford Barn and check in with Jerry Fitzgerald. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Kristen, good morning to you and Jill, and what a nice Monday morning we have here. Got a little rain, and uh, it's warm enough so we don't have to worry about freezing rain or snow, do we? No. I mean, I came in, it was raining, and there was no slick spots, so it was a good morning. Deer are moving, though, so you got to keep an eye on that, and they were not in places they normally are. Uh, yeah, like, well, they're normally on the road, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right away, a Weisenheimer this morning. <laughs> No, they're usually in the ditches, but there's areas that I see the deer all the time, and they weren't there. And I'm like, okay, but then they were in spots that I've never seen them before. So, yeah. Well, that's why uh, in the morning, I, well, <laughs> not only in the morning, but all the time you got to pay attention. Yeah, there's in here we've got turkeys, and the cranes are back, and we uh, not 
would be a problem on the road, but we did see several robins over the weekend, so that's a good sign. That is a very good sign. It was a gorgeous weekend, and, you know, we've got to keep things moving here so people can keep doing barn chores. So catch us up. What's going on at the Equity Stratford Barn? I'll do that, Kristen. I thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. And uh sales schedule here this week at Equity Stratford, full marketing week on tap, of course. We get started here this morning, on Monday morning here. We start at 9.30 a.m. We sell market cattle uh, this morning, including uh, market cows, fed and uh, market bulls. And, of course, uh, the markets are all looking pretty good on all that end. So we'll have an update, of course, that on tomorrow. Tuesday, uh, or rather Tuesday, Monday at 11.30 here, we do sell baby calves. Now we'll talk about Tuesday. Our Tuesday auction does start at 10 o'clock with the hay auction. And we have a nice selection of hay available for you folks, and there'll be more consignments added, I'm sure, today. So uh, we'll have round bales and large squares. We have large squares of oat straw also, so, uh, including the hay. So that's at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, at 11 o'clock tomorrow will be the market auction, which does include organic market cows. Our organic market is very strong right now, so that's uh, positive. And then we'll sell the regular market cows after the organics. That is on Tuesday. Our Wednesday auction starts at 10 o'clock. Marketing day on Wednesday, of course, including fed cattle, market cows, uh, sheep, hogs, and goats, and uh, feeder cattle t- uh, this week is at a noontime start. We've got a very fancy consignment of black cattle, bulls and heifers, uh, ears, uh, several rounds of shock, lean cattle. They're going to win that 450 to 750 range. So that's uh, one of the early consignments for the feeder sale. That'll be on Wednesday, and our auction on Thursday does start at 11 marketing day also there. So, again, Kristen, we have a full marketing week on tap here at Stratford, uh, and uh, we invite the folks to take a look at our website. We've got some special sales coming up here in April and May also, including uh, uh, Stratford will be hosting this, this spring bull test this year. It'll be Saturday, May 7th, that's for the folks, so more to want to say about that as time goes on, but that information on our website, so we invite you folks to take a look at that when you get time, and I guess that's all we have this morning, uh, nice talking to you girls again, and uh, like I said, we'll be back here tomorrow morning to give an update on the market prices, but markets are looking pretty good, uh, couldn't have no weather issues, and uh, well, I guess uh, everything should be okay then, and uh, like I said, just uh, be careful because, uh, you know, Kristen is always watching out for those deer, and then unfortunately we've got all kinds of other creatures running around too, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, all kinds of critters. I mean, you're out there, I'm out there, Jill's out. I mean, you got to keep an eye on us. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I'm not going to uh, any of that, but anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, see you tomorrow's Tuesday. Robert will probably be at the helm tomorrow. We'll talk to Bob and Jill tomorrow then. Sounds good. Have a great day, Jerry. Thank you. You also. And there he goes. That's Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Stratford Equity Barn. And we've got more markets. We've got Michelle from Tureen. She's coming in next. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time of the morning. We're about 11 minutes before 6 o'clock. Time to check in with Michelle over at Tureen Livestock. Good morning, Michelle. Hey, good morning, Kristen. So you're a fan of Yellowstone, I hear. You're a fan of Rip, huh? I like Rip, yep. I like Kevin Costner, too, though. I do. I'm sorry. Now, what does your husband have to say about this? Is he a fan of Kevin, (laughs) too? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, well, yeah. Actually, you know what? He likes Joaquin as well. So, yep, nope. He likes Kevin, too, so. Well, good. I know. My husband likes him, too. good on that one. It's a fun thing to do together. You can kind of, you know, have something Mm -hmm. in common. It's intense, though. It's intense. I know. What? What is that? 
When, especially when Rip had that cooler and threw it at that guy, and it was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, I don't think I saw that episode. Oh, I'm not that far. I'm not, like I said, I'm only, like, probably three episodes into season four. All but, right. Well, now I gave you a but, little spoiler. Now you're going to be watching for you it. You did. <laughs> That's okay, though. Everybody's giving me spoilers, so we're good with that. There you go. Well, Michelle, catch us up. What's all going on over at Train Livestock? All right. Thank you, Kristen. Coming up the week of March 14th at Terrain Livestock Market in the Slaughter Market for last week, we topped at 86 and a half. 82% of the cows come from 64 and above. Market cows were 74 to 84. Low yielding cows, 64 to 73. Thin and weak cows, 62 and lower. And the Holstein Steer Market Choice, 118 to 128. Selects were 116 and down. For beef type steers and heifers, Choice, 120 to 136. Selects were 118 and lower. In the bull market, high-yielding beef types came in at 84 to 101, with the utilities at 80 and down. In the replacement calf market, good quality hosting bull calves come from $100 to $215 per head. Lighter and lower quality calves, $30 per head and down. Hosting heifer calves were 10 to $35 per head. Beef beef cross calves, 90 to 340 per head. In the hog market, there was no test on the butchers. Sows were 60 to a top of 91. Boars were 28 and a half and down. Today will be our next sale. We'll start with calves at 5 p.m. If you have any questions or you need trucking, give us a call at the market at 715-669-7127. And check us out on the web at tlmthorpe.com. For all of us at Dream Livestock, your family owned in that market. Have a great day. You too, Michelle. Enjoy the rain. Maybe snuggle up and get caught up on Yellowstone. Mm, maybe. Maybe <laughs> tomorrow night, huh? Maybe, yeah. yes. As long as you do it, that's the main <laughs> thing. <laughs> Right? <laughs> All right, Michelle, well, you have a great day, and we'll catch you later. Sounds good. Take care. There she goes. That's Michelle over at Train Livestock this morning. And since we're on the markets, let's take a look at that Chicago Board of Trade again. We got your July corn up 10 at 722. July oats down a penny at 653. July beans up 22 at 1668. July soybean meal up 270 at 470 70 a ton. July wheat was up 14 at 1058. On the dairy side, barrel cheese up four and a half cent to two oh three. Your blocks were up five and a quarter at two thirteen. Double A grade butter was up two and a half cent to two seventy two and a half. And your class three futures for March are up two at twenty two forty one. April up twenty at twenty three forty three. May up thirty two at twenty four oh seven. June up twenty four at twenty four nineteen. July up nineteen at twenty four nineteen. And the markets were mostly upward in two thousand and twenty three. And your country elevators around the area. We've got Golden Plump in Arcadia at six fifty one for corn. Baldwin, Elmwood, and Fall Creek are at 661 for corn and 1595 for beans. Durand is at 659 and 1595. Mondovi's at 663 and 1595. Osseo's at 666 and 1595. Stevens Point is at 1580 for beans. Elk Mound is at 657 for corn, 1609 for beans. Sparta's at 673 and 1602. Ellsworth is at 656 and 1582. And your ethanol plants in the area, we've got Boysville at 685, Stanley at 677, and New Richmond's at 672. Pastures haven't greened up yet, so we're still feeding hay. Some of us doing it a little better than others. Dan Undersander is with us on our next Corral Alfalfa Update program, and Dan... When I drive around the countryside, and I'm sure you do too, there are times when you you shake your head at how hay is being fed out in the fields, just thrown out there loose, and a lot of it's wasted, and that's a shame because a lot of people around the country would love to have some of that hay that we've got. That's exactly right, Bob. Uh, It is important to recognize that if we're not using a good feeder for these hay bales, 
that we're losing 30 to 40 percent of the hay that's out there. And uh, if we look at hay prices now, uh, dairy quality hay is is still uh, around $250 a ton. Uh, slightly lower qualities, though, are still running over 150 to $180 a ton. So when you uh, just put a bale out there and you see about a third of it lost, uh, you know, we need to think about that. That's $60, $70 worth of lost forage. The other thing that uh, concerns me about that, besides the economic loss to the farmer, is that we should be thinking ahead a little bit. Uh, our region is, is almost an exception in the country in terms of having a good supply of hay. As we go west, it is critically short, and they're predicting that it's probably going to be dry again this summer. So there will be a demand for hay. The other thing is we don't know how far east those dry spells are going to go. Last year it was pretty dry, at least halfway across Minnesota, and uh, it could extend into Wisconsin this coming year. So it's, it's worthwhile to try to have some reserve. We should not uh, probably in this time be thinking about feeding down to the last bale of hay that we have because it may be that we'll have a shortage of hay production this coming year. Uh, so do think about uh, feeding efficiency. It's an economic loss and it's an inventory loss uh, to be feeding hay in a wasteful way. And again, we can easily lose 30 or 40 percent of the hay in the bale if we don't take some precautions to feed that hay in a way that the cattle will consume a high percentage of it. And as we said, a lot of farmers not too far west of us would love to have that hay. Thank you, Dan. Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, with us again this morning on our next Go Alfalfa Update program. And looking at the weather one last time this morning, Eau Claire area is at 49 degrees right now, looking at a partly cloudy day with a little bit of rain, high of 57 tonight. Those showers are going to come back. With a low of 40. Tomorrow, rain and 44. Tomorrow night, rain and snow and 35. Wednesday, rain and a chance of snow and a high of 40. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.